Alrighty. What's up, everybody? This is Inside the North Side coming to you from Urban South Brewery HTX. I have a very special guest here. Uh, please introduce yourself, sir. Hi, my name is um, Dave Omer. I'm the um, overall manager for Urban South HTX and um, dabbling a little bit of everything around here. Welcome, Dave, to Inside the North Side. Oh, thanks. Give you a little applause, applause. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, how long have you been doing this here? Doing it here in this space? Or in, in general? Um, I've been in brewing, I think I just celebrated 19 years oh, wow. this past summer. Wow, 19 years. Yeah. Um, but we've been here for going on two years. It'll be two years this coming February. So, man, time flies. Yeah, it does. I just actually celebrated my two-year anniversary of the, doing the podcast. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I can, I can attest that time does fly yeah. <laughs> fast. So um, where were you working before uh, you came to Urban South? Um, what brought me to Houston was opening the Whole Foods brewery over there at the Post Oak location. Um, I moved from Knoxville, Tennessee to open that location. It was the first brewery for Whole Foods and first in, like, that sort of grocery industry. Um and so that was like a real exciting project that, you know, was, it was challenging or, you know, I miss Knoxville and that was home for 17 years. So, uh, but that was such a cool project that, that got me down here to Houston and then here we are. Wow. So you, you're originally from Knoxville? Not originally, but, um, like I said, 17 years there, 17 years in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's where I was born and raised and the family okay, is. Okay. Uh, but that's where my brewing career started and. And everything. And then you came naturally to Houston with the uh, Whole Foods Brewery and all that. Um, So what brought you to Urban South? Uh, So these guys, uh, Urban South and the ownership group there, um, came into Whole Foods and checked me out. You know, we're just checking out the brewery and everything. And um, they pursued a collab with Whole Foods and Urban South New Orleans, the mothership as we like to call it. and that's when they told me about this project coming up down the line. Um, a few little things in between there, but the project and timing all worked out eventually, and they got me here. Oh, okay. So you've been to the one in New Orleans, yeah. I'm assuming. Yep. Oh, man. I, I've, I go to New Orleans at least maybe once or twice a year. Cool. Um, whenever we try to go, we try to go to the Urban South, but it, we always end up getting sucked in by <laughs> Bourbon Street because you know how Bourbon Street is. It's, it's It just calls your name, and yeah. you're like, I want to go here, but uh, okay, I'm, I'll stay here. Oh, yeah. There's, there's plenty to get lost in in New Orleans. You know, yeah, all so, kinds of fun to be had. So you've pretty much been in this location for about two years, right? Yeah, yeah we, um, look, I've, I've been in like working on this space for over two years now. Um, or actually, it'll be right at two years. But we opened, our grand opening was February 29th of 2020. Um, now we started construction in here in October of 2019. Maybe I don't know, even a little sooner than that, um, late July of um, 2019. So I've been in this space, living in this space practically um, since then. Yeah, so you said you opened in 2020. How how was yeah. that? Because you know 2020 was just... Yeah, the tap room oh. was open for about three weeks before they before we got the orders to shut it down. Um, but we were pretty fortunate, you know. We, we have a canning line, and we had it at day one. We immediately, like, went in there and shut down the keg cleaner and said, nope, everything's going in cans from this point on. Um, you know, let's try to blow through what kegs we can. We only have a couple of days to do that, and then 
we rolled up our garage door at the front and um, sold cans out of it, put a table up against the garage door and sold cans to go um, out there. And really, like I said, we felt pretty fortunate that we were able to sell the volume we were and had the support that we did throughout it. Um, you know, people had nothing better to do but sit at home and drink new beers. And I think we were able to provide them something new and interesting and um, something that they could, you know, keep their mind off of everything that was going on in 2020 and they kept coming out and supporting so yeah i mean yeah. I, that the breweries and stuff like that have been like one of the main i guess cornerstones of last year because you know people built relationships with these with these breweries and stuff like hey let me get this hey let me get that you know stuff like that so and especially with urban south just opening just for a couple of weeks and then you guys you know having to sell with cans and stuff like that is amazing that you got a, a huge support from everybody so yeah we're, that's great yeah we we're really like i said fortunate i i really feel you know blessed that that these people you know felt like especially at that time when so many things were up in the air you know whether it be work or you know health or everything that that they came out and spent their extra time and money to support us um really meant a lot and it you know, it got us all through it, kept us busy. We kept our heads down and just kept cranking out beers. And, um, you know, like everybody else, we got through it. Hopefully yeah. like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, what got you into beer? Oh, um, I was always very interested. I never had uh, beer was always an appealing flavor to me, even at a very young age. Um, probably too young. Um <laughs> But it was never, like, just into the standard beers, even back then, you know, in the 90s and, and such. I always had more of an interest of, you know, all the flavors that beer and now all the flavors that we know um, that they had to offer back then. And it was much harder to seek out than, you know, you didn't have nearly as many breweries, um, obviously under 100 back then. And um, I just kept pursuing it and... Then getting, going to school for music, eventually needing, needing a um, real paying job, I guess brewing is what it ended up being. So uh, I, right out of college, I went and started bartending and waiting tables at the new brewery in town and bugging the brewer every day until he finally put me to work. And, you know, it's just, I knew, I knew it was a good fit right from the get-go. Yeah. So you said you were into music. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of music do you, did you listen to growing up? Um, uh, growing up, I was, I was a rock guy, classic rock a lot, um, in rock bands and everything like that, and loving everything from Zeppelin to The Doors to, you know, came up in the, in the time of grunge. Um, so, you know, a lot of rock stuff after that, or at that time, but um, then went to school for, for jazz, jazz performance. Um, and so I really caught that bug for quite some time. And and then, you know, really just all over the place now. Loving any good quality music as long as people are really putting a lot into it. And, um, yeah. You know, the, high, the quality's there. I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. Uh, what instrument did you play? Drums. Drums? Oh, yeah. okay. So that's why with jazz and stuff like that. Yeah. I myself am a musician as well. And uh, I caught the bug where it's like I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted yeah. to go to school. You know, I wanted to play bands. I wanted to do like that. And I did it for a while. I was in the music scene for a little bit. But uh, ultimately, um, it just wasn't a fit for me. Yeah. You know, um, 
I, and I bet you can attest to like you know you you're in the band and you're like all right guys we're gonna do it this is it we're gonna this is gonna be the end this is gonna we're gonna make music people are gonna come to our shows and they're gonna love us and we're gonna get a record deal and and then it's like okay that was good for like three weeks now I gotta go find another band yeah. <laughs> and, and you know stuff like that so with me it was kind of like that I had some pretty good bands but uh, ultimately I um. I just like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll just do it to the side. You know, I'm still going to work on my music and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, that's pretty much how I got into podcasting. With, oh, okay. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Comic Palooza mm-hmm. here, yeah. So yeah. pretty much they have um, a podcasting program. And I would see these guys sitting at a table with microphones and just talking about whatever. And uh, I was kind of intrigued. I was like, okay, what are they doing? You know, I don't know what it is. And then they were like, it's a podcast. I was like, okay. So some years gone by, I'm listening to like Joe Brogan and stuff like that. And then um, I was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. So it's like, do we know what a pod is? I don't even think we know. I think we just call it (laughs) pod. (laughs) I think it's just like a term where we're just like, oh, okay, that's. That's what it is, I guess, you yeah. know? <laughs> I, I guess I've never thought about that. I don't think I don't think anybody sat down and just thought about that. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just, I ultimately, I started in uh, October of 2019. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I started my first season. It was just a couple episodes. And then uh, I started my season two. And as soon as, as soon as I started season two, that's when everything started closing down. And everybody was, you know, just quarantining themselves and stuff like that luckily i uh am, have been blessed with using internet so i used zoom and i used you know telephone and stuff like that and luckily i did have some friends who were lucky enough to want to meet up and stuff like that um so i kept rocking during 2020 you know season two season three with with guests and and stuff like that and uh like i said i've just been blessed with this podcast meeting great people and stuff like that and um yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it, pretty much. Um, so, how have the, I guess, craft beer community been receptive to you guys? Um, you know, I mean, we came from me and Justin, who is um, you know, head of the beer production back there and really focuses um, on that. We're, you know, had a little bit of, a, I don't know if you want to say following, or people knew us in the industry um, so having, you know, having a brewery open up here in town, right, like in the city, um, with two, two recognizable names, um, you know, I think it opened up a lot of doors right out of the bat, right out of the gate for us. Um, and since then, you know, it's it's been great. You know, like, there's now a lot, lot more breweries in Houston, a lot of in Houston in general just pulls you in a lot of directions because there's always so much going on Mm -hmm. but the the support you know from day one has been awesome Um, we really push the the boundaries on flavors and what a beer is and everything like that so you know there's always some pushback there from from whoever um but you know if they're trying your beer and talking about you that's always something you know whether it's always great or or not doesn't really matter you know they um you know it's i, I guess you'd say all publicity is good publicity i can uh, att- uh, hear here to that yeah <laughs> so um you know it's 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 been great like i said we we feel really fortunate 
So have you guys like gotten together like at one night and we're like, hey, we're going to go to this brewery and, and check them out and we're going to go to this one and see, you know, not like check out the competition, but like meet everybody and say like, oh, hey, you know, it's in that, you know. We're, we're all, all the breweries here in Houston are pretty close. Um, we all go drink at each other's breweries. You're always, I mean, for me, this is. Sorry about all the background noise. It's okay. Hey, I, it sounds good because it's like, <laughs> hey, we're in the actual brewery, yeah. you know. Um, it, and and beer's not just just a nine to five for some of us. It's it's life. Um, you know, you're always checking out what other people are doing. What's you know, I, I always want to have a good quality beer. Um, I always want to have new flavors. You know, during um, construction of this place when we didn't have taps going. We were down at Holler every night at the end of the day, you know, to have two of his dollar pills. Um, and he, they were always so extremely supportive. Um, you know, we, we go around everywhere. We all communicate a lot. So it's it's just sort of part of what we do. It's beer, beer, beer all the time. Yeah, um, I actually got to interview Evan from uh, Eureka Brewery. And I asked him the same thing. I was like, how are you guys with the craft beer community? He's like, yeah, we, we go to each other's breweries and we're all friends yeah. and we all support each other. And I was like, that's great to know that, you know, there's no, I mean, I can see some people would be like, oh, you know, competition and stuff like that. But with here, I guess it's the Southern hospitality. It's like, hey, we're all friends. Yeah. We're all in the same thing together. Why not be supportive and you know, watch each other grow and help each other build up and stuff like that, you know, yeah. so that's a good thing. So, um, with, I know there's a couple of new breweries that are being built up, like Buff Brew. Have you been to them yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the first breweries I ever went to when they're at their other location um, ever here in town. Yeah. And I've known those guys since since day one moving to Houston in 2014. Um, great guys. Do lots of fun beers. Um, great new space with that, with that awesome view. Um, and, and food's great too so yeah no. I'm going to have to go check them out because I, I remember going to a, uh, a corner store and I was looking at the beers even though I was at work I was like Man, let me see what, what I'm going to get like, you know after you know and I saw Buff Brew and I was like what's Buff Brew I, was, I thought it was something you know somewhere else yeah. and then I, I googled it and did some research and I'm like oh, okay they're another local here brewery so I was like I need to go check them out because um I like, I mean, I just started drinking like craft beers not that long ago because I was strictly like Dos Equis and stuff like that. Very yeah. simple, very basic. Um, but a friend of mine uh, who out, lives in California was like, he's always in the craft beers. He's He tries different breweries around uh, the local LA area. And he's like, you should try them, man. You know, you know, you never know. You might find one of your favorite ones and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So um, that's what gave me the idea to interview uh, craft beers like you guys and Eureka. And um, fortunately, next month, I get to interview um, somebody from St. Arnold's. Cool. So I'm very excited about that because, you know, St. Arnold's oh, is, yeah. is the top dog around here, yeah, you know. Godfathers of Houston craft beer. So, yeah, my um, my mission is to get them and then, you know, Carbock and Ace Wonder and stuff like that. Like that because you know I, I i generally like to meet people and i like to know what what makes everything work around here and stuff like that so that's why i was like i like breweries it's like it's mechanical it's it's things that people like drinking it brings people together and it's like so you know what goes into that you know what's the chemistry what's all this and that so yep no it's, it, that's what keeps it so fun um there's a new challenge every day something new and innovative is happening every day so it, it there's never been a dull moment mm -hmm. All these years. Yeah. So when you guys first, I guess, started working on and opening up, what was the first beer that you actually guys made? 
here? Um, first one was just uh, HTX Pale Ale, I think, or an I like a lower ABV IPA, just to sort of start learning the equipment, learning the new system. Um, we did a couple IPAs and a couple of these fruited sours right out of the gate, and and um, our Tighten Up Pilsner were were our first brews. Um, you know, we've learned a lot since then, but you know they were all pretty solid for first brews. Um, on the system. Yeah. So, do you guys usually like talk with the with the mothership in, in New Orleans and be like, hey, this is what's new? Do they give you all like recipes to try out, or you know, what, what? How's that go with them? Um, for with them, it's more more the other way. We're like sort of the test kitchen. Okay. Um, much smaller system here. They have much larger system there, um, so they have to be a little bit more thought out when when they're brewing on the big system. Um, they, but they also have a small one that that they play around on too, um, and we do the holy roller here. We've done the lime cucumber uh, goza here, um, so we do some of their their core beers. But for for us, we you know we are the R and D facility to just get to play around and, and do fun, exciting small batches, um, and then what sticks here, they usually then you know start reproducing over there on a bigger scale. Um, okay, so it's pretty much like here you go, do what you got to do. Let us know if it works out, and yeah. send it back. Okay, so it's like you're independent. You're an independent man. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they allow us a lot of freedom um, to to have some fun, and um, we've been pretty fortunate there too to to have such a great group um, supporting us and and providing all this great space and equipment and everything like that. So um, they're they're. Uh, they're a fun group to work with, and they, like I said, allow a lot of creative creativity, and and that, I think it shows in, in our beers. Yeah, of course, because I'm actually trying your, um, what was it? The um, I have this fruity one. I forgot. I think it's the Nerds one. Oh, okay. Overspill and. I have to tell you, this is very dangerous for me because yeah. it does not taste like a regular sour. Yeah. And you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you pr- tasted other sours where they're just like, mm, you know, sour. this one tastes like it's like a, your bartender there. He was like, it's just like a fruit smoothie with alcohol or like Jamba Juice. Yeah. And I've already, I'm almost done with it. It's really good. Yeah. I, you guys, you have to try this. I, I'm going to buy a couple cans before I leave. I'm pretty sure. Cool. And then I bought the, um. Uh, I drive a Dodge. Yeah, Dodge and that one's yeah. oh, it's so it's so smooth. Cool. It's not over. It's not the taste is not like ooh. You know, there's some beers where I've tasted IPAs and they're just not that good. You yeah. know, it's the taste, but this flavor here is is very smooth. So cool. it's like I, I know I can finish that. So yeah. the very dangerous, very dangerous with you guys. And I know you guys are very different than other breweries because. You guys kind of go into like the sugary sweet realm of like beer, craft beers, and stuff like that. Yeah, we, you know, we, we have some where the IBUs are up there a little bit, a little bit higher, but for the most part, on the IPAs, we try to have a little bit more balance with hop flavor and hop aroma versus bitterness from the hops. And on the sours, yeah, it's that's um, more our route is to balance out that sweetness and tartness from the from the sour base you know like that to where the the acidity from the sour base is more like you know just a component in the overall flavor just enough to like keep it some, somewhat refreshing but you know and this one happens to be a candy beer mm-hmm. that that will carry a little bit more sweetness um but we you know creating acid isn't 
isn't magic anymore. It's something we, we all, all of us brewers know how to do and, and contain. Um, and so then we use it just as another flavoring component and not, not typically your, your base flavor there for the beer. Um, so we, we treat it more like, like say if you were adding lemon or lime juice to a meal or something like that, you know, um, to where that acidity just helps sort of cut through the sweetness or fattiness or anything like that to where it's, um, you know, just sort of a component in it, but not, not the main factor. Yeah. So how many beers does Urban South currently have right now? We try to keep our 30 tap wall full um, at all times. I think we got a little bit over that when you consider some of the cans that aren't on draft. So I, I think I counted this morning. We're at like 34 or so. Okay. And do you guys dry. change drafts? Like like if you create like a new beer, do you like change it like just to try it out and see how uh, the reception is going to come with people? Oh, yeah. yeah, every week here is multiple new releases. I mean, some, we, some weeks we'll release six beers. You know, some weeks it's, you know, like minimum two two new beers so it's just every week constantly changing constantly trying to give people something new something exciting something you know some reason to come back in here and and check it out okay so what's what's the craziest i guess combination of like a craft beer that you guys have made as of right now shoot i don't know um uh, it's hard to consider things crazy these days when all when We've put all the things into a beer that we have. Uh, <laughs> you know, the candies are, are fun. Um, we've done peanuts, like so, peanuts and a sour with raspberry and strawberry, sort of like this peanut butter and jelly type jammy thing and a sour. That's That's been a fun one. Um, we got some habaneros uh, getting ready to go into a beer, into a, like, watermelon um, sour base, watermelon and a couple other fruits. Um, shoot, I, it's tough when when you're cranking them out like this. It's tough to remember all the stuff. We've done. <laughs> so, do you guys like sit in like in a meeting and we're like, okay, guys, what's new? What are these ideas that we can come up? What can you yeah. what can you throw at the wall that's absurd, but it's going to taste delicious? Oh yeah, no, and um, you know we don't look at anything as just absurd. You know we we think about just building a flavor a lot of times we're drawing inspiration from other cocktails food items out there desserts whatever it might be um you know we're we're drawing inspiration from that and recreating those flavors if we can or playing off of them you know so it's it's coming from all angles and you know let's just when it when it's something that we like and say a food environment or cocktail environment or dessert or something like that you know if it's something we think we can make happen in the beer we're open to it awesome and do you guys in that same meeting come up with like names like what what can we make this that sounds like you know what that goes with the beer yeah, or is that afterwards? Names, are, names are probably the tougher part because um, all the names have been done mm-hmm. um, so sometimes I'm just like whatever name we come up with if it works let's just roll with it because <laughs> that, that's that can be um, a little mind-numbing trying to think of a new name all the time. Yeah, I was actually, when I was talking to with Evan of Eureka, he was telling me about their new beer, uh, Neon Moon, yeah. and how it was crazy to him that it wasn't trademarked. Because, you know, with Brooks and Dunn, that's their their biggest song, and, it's, and the name wasn't trademarked. So when he found out it wasn't trademarked, he was like, let's take it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's and a that's, very smart move. That's what you got to do. I mean, you got you to pull names, name ideas 
from anywhere and everywhere um, because more than likely it's been used. Yeah, you 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 never know because yeah. yeah, <laughs> um, okay. So then usually y'all come up with like the can designs and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with color base, do y'all just like figure out like okay, well hey, this is this might go with this because if it's gonna be this kind of beer, let's try to like play off that color, I guess, of the sound. Like uh, somewhat, yeah. Like a lot of our spills, um, the drips are based on like the color of the drips and any other colors we obviously love white here and it really makes all of our colorful things pop um so we always start there with a white base and then you know build on top of that for this like i said this builds the co- the drips of the the colors of the drips are based off of what fruits are going to be in it or what color we we sort of feel it might end up in the end um and then after that you know we try to just stick with sort of our our brand palette and play off of those colors you know find imagery create imagery and then adapt it to our sort of style and brand and mm-hmm. and roll with there all right so i'm gonna ask you what is your favorite here oh my i, I drink i'm a lager guy i drink lager. all the okay. lagers I, I, I drink tighten up until we run out of it and then i drink the next batch <laughs> i like lagers too lagers are very good very yeah. good so we have the astros in the in the playoffs how do y'all guys feel about that um Man, that was that was crazy. I did not see him taking that game last night. And and uh, who was the Vargas? Who was it, the starting pitcher? Fromber, yeah, Fromber Valdez. Valdez, yeah. Um, for him to come out and throw a game like that, um, man, I was really impressed. Uh, that offense we know is is a juggernaut. Um, so you sort of know they're going to shut up, show up, but um, to shut down another good offense in the in the Red Sox it wasn't really impressive um so now now you get to come home and and try to take this series uh I'm I'm overall impressed I'm a, I'm a Dusty Baker fan I'd love to see him get one he was um manager with my Reds and uh, like from his first year in 2010 there we we went to the playoffs I mean he he just plays winning ball and um you know, I'd really like to see. He got really close there with San Francisco years and years ago. I'd really like to see him get a ring. So um, we'll see. Now we gotta see what comes. You know, obviously we gotta get this win for this series. But then let's see what comes out of the National League. Um, it'd be interesting to see a, a Dodgers Astros series. A rematch. Yeah, that'd be a <laughs> lot of fun. There'd be a lot of talking points there. Oh man, yeah. I- I agree with you that this game uh, I was telling with some people it's like it's going to be it's not going to be easy it's going to be it's going to be hard cuz Boston doesn't give up sometimes no. you know they no. they weren't that good the regular season but um they caught something and they just started becoming a powerhouse and you know I was like we're good but the other teams are good yeah. are better so we have to be careful we got to watch out we got to you know make sure that we're we're on our game and I know game 1 it was a really good one yeah. game 2 and 3 wasn't the best <laughs> you know with those grand slams that really killed us and yeah. um but i heard that we were tipping pitches and good thing that we were not doing that uh, these last two games so hopefully you know with the guys coming in tomorrow we take this game and we are punch our tickets to the world series again for the uh third time in four years five years four or five years so yeah i'm very excited for that yeah. you know i'm a i'm a big astros fan i grew up you know b- just my dad, my family, we're, we're all Astros fans. And yeah. 
you know, it's it's great to see, um, you know, the guys going to the World Series again and just being this ultimate powerhouse with Altuve and, and Bregman and Correa. It's it's just awesome. It you know, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. Has been since that group has got together. Um, that group has now played more games together. That that um, group of infielders than any other infield in in baseball history, which is saying a lot, especially in the old days when players used to play all 162 or at one point 150-something games. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that really says a lot of keeping that core together, um, you know, them being able to stay healthy and keep playing together and and producing. So it's been a really exciting time to to be an Astros fan um, for the city and – you know, when I when I moved here in '14, they were still putting up 100 losses every yeah. year to where to where they are now is um, really impressive. Exactly, and um, you know, I hope Dusty Baker does get it because I mean, he's he had to take on something that wasn't <laughs> that was pretty. Yeah. Um, how do you say it? It was uh, we were in the spotlight, you know, with the whole cheating scandal and stuff like that. So I know it was kind of difficult for him to take on. You know, with hearing all of this naysay with cheaters yeah. and stuff like that, so it, yeah, it, he was he was chilling in Northern California at his winery. You know, you're probably thinking like, do I really need this? You know, <laughs> I, I could just stay, keep chilling here and you know, looking after my grapes and you know, or or I'll go to Houston. And I think he saw the talent that was here, knew the talent that was here, um, saw it as an opportunity. I don't, I don't think any team would have got him got him out of retirement. Oh, you know, like this team. So um, it's obviously working out, and I'm I'm excited for him. Yeah, two ALCs in two years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, Dusty's special. He's a good guy. The dude's yeah. just he's got a lot of history going on, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like oh, he, he was like a he, great player in his time. Yeah, and you know, like you were saying with uh, with the Giants, he had managed you know Barry Bonds and all them in, in the O2 World Series and came close almost. Yeah. But hopefully, it comes a time. You know, I mean, comes again. Dusty gets it with the Houston, and uh, just we just party again like we were in seventeen. <laughs> that was a great time. Yeah, it's fun to be in the city when when stuff like that happens. You know, it's been cool my time here in Houston to host a host a Super Bowl. You know, see a championship like that. Um, the Rockets had some good runs in there. I mean, it's it's fun to be in a city like this with when when success like this is happening and people are happy and. And out celebrating, so it's, it's been exciting. As long as they're celebrating with Urban South, that's yeah. even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, not, let's not forget to mention we'll, we'll have the big screen here blown up um, with the game projected on that, and have it all around. So come out and try some of these beers and root on your Astros. I know I will. I, I just give me another one of these nerds and, <laughs> and just chug them and just have a good time watching the Strohs. Yeah. So you said you grew up in Cincinnati, yes, right? sir. And you were a Reds fan. Reds fan. Yep. So who was your favorite player growing up? Growing up, um, I went through a couple, obviously, uh, CMAs, but, I mean, I was 10 years old when we won the World Series in 90. Um, that was a lot of fun to just see that team. I, that year, Eric Davis was my favorite, but, you know, his career was a little shorter, so I guess following Barry, I mean, everybody in Cincinnati is a Pete Rose fan, or you get, you know, you get asked to leave. Um <laughs> And so I got to enjoy some of that Pete, Pete Rose time. He was a player manager when I was a young, young kid. Um, and then, but then after that, it's just got to be Barry. Um, watching Larkin play shortstop like that and, and be the, you know, 
MVP and um, get that ring and then Hall of Fame. I mean, that was that was an exciting career that I got to sort of live all the way through from start to finish. And um, he was he was a pretty special player. Uh, so I'd, I'd probably say Barry back then. I mean, now it's Joey Votto. You know, and it has Joey Votto's a beast. Yeah, he's a it has been beast. for what seventeen years now. He's he's just. I think one of the more interesting players out there, one of the more interesting human beings out there in sports, um, really cerebral type player, um, which I think is fun. I, baseball is my favorite sport, and the, the game inside the game is, is what's exciting to me. I mean, you got to be quite a fan to enjoy some of this, this stuff, especially game like 94 in a, in a long season. You're like, man, people still watching. They're like, I'm watching. I'm watching every game. Mm-hmm. I'll watch a – Zero zero pitchers duel all the way through, uh, just because I I love that stuff and and seeing Joey like attack a game from that more mental aspect and I'll, I'll also have talent um, has been really enjoyable to watch and his interaction with the fans and he's a great human being um, so I'm a huge Joey Votto fan. Yeah, the Reds. I mean, the Reds have been a very good team, you yeah. know, back then and did the big red machine oh, and of course. You know, just with all those guys and, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, they're they're coming up, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting young talent, you know, they got the, the veteran Joey and stuff like that. So well, Yeah, we got a bunch of young kids. We'll probably have a rookie of the year this year in Jonathan India. Um, you know, we were right there in the playoff hunt all this year. Injuries, I think, really slows down there at the end um, and some slumps, um, but made the playoffs last year, which was a little unexpected for such a young team. Um, so... I'm excited for the next few years in in Reds baseball. Exactly, and I hope the guys get a World Series too. That'd yeah. be nice. That'd be really nice to have yeah. a, a World Series for them. It's a great baseball town, and um, they really appreciate the Reds in Cincinnati, and and it'd be it'd be good for them to get another one. So, how do you feel about the whole Pete Rose thing? I mean, do you think he belongs in the, in the oh, Hall I think of he, Fame? Yeah, no, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy, he didn't. You know, he's got all 4,192 hits. I mean, that that happened. Um, yeah. He's the hit king, and he is one of the better players of all time. He, the way he played um, was just incredible, and I think something that should be celebrated and shown to to our young baseball players out there, just his, you know, that was Charlie Hustle. And, you know, that he just brought – a competitive, you know, spirit every single night, every single pitch, and and the way you hear him talk about baseball, um, you know, I, I think would be good for young players and and kids. Um, so he should be celebrated more. I mean, obviously he's had some mistakes, but who doesn't have yeah, mistakes? Exactly. You know. I mean, we're you know, obviously we've we've seen our challenges here in Houston and you know steroids era and and. Every, I mean, baseball's had a lot of challenges. I mean, the guy he beat uh, for the hitting title, Ty Cobb, was, you know, really a, overall pretty terrible human being. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, he still was a heck of a baseball player. And, um, you know. And he's so, in the Hall of Fame, too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree that he should be in the Hall of Fame. I know a lot of people will say he shouldn't because of the whole gambling thing and stuff like that. But, I mean... I think forgiveness is, is a big thing in yeah. baseball. I mean, they do forgive. I mean, sometimes they don't forget, but I think the big oh, thing yeah. is to forgive. Hey, you made a mistake. You are the hit king. You're Charlie Hustle. 
you you you're you're a big deal. Yeah. You, you should be in the Hall of Fame more than anybody else, I think, to be honest. Yeah. You know, along with Barry Bonds and then and Roger Clemens, hey, did steroids era, you know, yeah, you guys messed up and but I still believe that hey, second chances are a good thing and I think forgiveness is one big thing in baseball that we should start doing. Yeah, um you know, it, like the steroids, it was an era. You know, now now you look at how rampant it was throughout the whole sport. It wasn't just those guys, so Yes, maybe there needs to be some kind of asterisk involved in that. Hey, this is this this is the steroids era. Baseball should have been doing a better job policing it, but they weren't. These guys all got away with it, but they also produced a lot of baseball that we all watched. Baseball cashed in on and made a lot of money off of, so they're not exactly innocent in this whole thing. So, you know, I I guess it's it's history and history has both you know, good and bad moments. So exactly, you know, no, there's no denying it. You know, there's no denying that it happened. So yeah, especially like you were saying, they cashed in with the whole Sammy Sosa and oh, yeah. Mark McGuire, Chase, Jose Canseco. You got all these guys, you know, making money for baseball because yeah. of the the whole thing that the you know steroids era and just hitting the long ball and just yeah. making it look yeah. easy. So watching Barry during that Dusty Baker time, I mean, where you either walked him or you gave up a home run to this man. I mean, it was incredible to watch. Um, and, you know, what well, we're just going to say, oh, that that didn't really happen. No, no, it happened. And a lot of people saw it. Yeah. I remember watching those games. I remember the times when the Giants would come to Houston and play the Astros. And everybody was just like, is he going to hit a home run here? Yeah. You know, everybody was ready. There, there would be people it in the stands. Every at-bat with Barry Bonds back then. You know, it was there's a good chance if you put one over the plate. He's going to hit it. it over the fence. Yep. <laughs> oh, baseball is a, is a great sport, but it's, it's also crazy, too. Yep. So um, you said you love baseball. Do you football as well? Who, yeah, yeah. who are you rooting for? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Bengals fan there, too. Um, so excited about that future and that young team also. Um, you know, it's been a rough go being a Bengals fan my whole life. So we'll see. I'm Carson, you know, yeah. you, got a, you got a great quarterback in yeah. – um, What's his name? I forget his name. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. And, yeah. I mean, you're going to make, you know, it's a rookie. You know, he's going to make some mistakes and this and that. But I believe he's got a bright future. Yeah. Ahead I of agree. Him. Yeah, and I think he's going to rock it. Yeah. A, a really impressive um, to be this young and playing like he is. And his overall accuracy is impressive. His command of the offense is unbelievable. Um, so, it's it's a good start to a career that hopefully we can keep him healthy and um, – you know, keep him around in Cincinnati. It's also always been a challenge. Um, and see what happens. Yeah. How about basketball? What are you, who are you, who are you running for? I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. Oh, you're a Spurs fan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, been a little bit rougher ago, but I guess I've had plenty, plenty of good days in my Spurs fandom. So <laughs> this, this rebuild we're going through right now, I guess, is yeah, I mean, expected for every franchise at some point. I mean, here in Houston, it's like... I don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have family out there in San Antonio, and they're big Spurs fans. They got season tickets. They're wearing the jerseys, the hats. And, you know, my cousins are always like, we got our championships and this and this and that. And the Rockets don't got, you know, they only got two and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, hey, whatever. You guys, you guys are the big deal, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then it, it kind of sucks that their dynasty kind of cut, cut short with you know, some of the older guys leaving and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yeah, that stuff happens. I mean, you, you you know, Tim Duncan's don't just grow on trees out there, you know. They don't. That, that, was, a, that was a really amazing career he, he got to have. And, um, 
you know we got to benefit from in San Antonio. Uh, so it, it was it was a fun run. You can't you can't ask for any more there. No, you can't. College? How about college? College, college uh, football? I went to the University of Tennessee. That's what moved me to Knoxville. So I'm a I'm a volunteer. Oh, through, nice. Through. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's, it's also got its challenges these days. Um, but that basketball team and baseball team are. You guys, are, are they're really good, good in that. They're really good in yeah. that. And football's coming back together. I'm really excited about Heifel as our new coach and um, and the, what we're already seeing from him. So could be brighter days ahead for for Tennessee. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's get into a little bit more about music, and then we'll get into our, our two other segments, and then we'll, we'll give this a close. So uh, favorite bands growing up. What do you have in your favorite, favorite band? bands growing up? Um, first started out, like I said, in that grunge world. Um, I was a, you know, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots uh, fan. I, you know, those, those were two, two of my big ones. I was a big Blind Melon fan. Um, that was an interesting one. Uh, uh, so that was where I sort of started. But then I moved deeper into, like, the older rock as I, you know, would go back and discover and get into my dad's and uncle's record collections and everything. Big Zeppelin fan. Um, Hendrix. You know, just all that really awesome classic rock from, from that time. And um, that's that's where I sort of was and still love, love all of them. Um, but right now, you know, I've definitely sort of changed it up and going through school and studying all, all the jazz I did, um, I have a lot of love there. Uh, so now I'm more just all over the place. What do you, uh, who do you like listening to now? Like who's kind now? of like your favorite bands like in your playlist now? Um, like for me, it is like there's Stevie Wonder, there's Prince, and then there's a big gap between them and all of the rest of music, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like the sort of pop world goes and that includes rock not not just like pop music but like radio music um and i I, like for me it's those those two right there and then everybody else but i've been digging some other you know new cool guys i'm a um anderson pack and um fan and uh yeah he's a really good drummer he's a really good musician drummer yeah he's all around just really talented i've really enjoyed everything he's been um messing with uh Black Pumas is a new young group that yeah some cool stuff. I've been they digging like, into them too. They're yeah, very good. They got a cool sound and um, really like their their vibe. Um, so you know, and then a bunch of other sort of like weird hip hop. I don't know whatever genre you'd call it in, but um, you know whether it's Chance Rapper or um, oh, why is he um, escaping my mind right now? Um, Tyler the Creator, you know, all that sort of out there stuff on the hip hop genre is, is definitely. Yeah. I like how you said Stevie Wonder because you know he was also a drummer. He also plays drums too, oh, and I've seen, it and it's it's amazing because people don't they just know him for playing the piano, but yeah. I've seen some videos of him playing drums, and the man can can run around the kit like with oh, no yeah. business. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and he played drums on several of his albums. Um, and he, and he always made jokes about it. like if you listen hard enough to my drumming you'll hear me miss a few drums here and there but <laughs> but I got through it. And the guy the guy grew up at Motown Recording Studio, you know his mom would just drop him off there in the morning, as like daycare sort of you know or Barry Gordy would be like babysitting him and he he's on countless Motown records, playing the tambourine in the background like or just doing this like little part here and little part there where he not even like mentioned on the record just because he was there mm-hmm. all day 
Exactly. I was actually talking to a friend of mine. We did an episode about music, and, and he was like, um, "Who would be the most? Mu- I, who would be the musician that people would probably miss the most, or it would hurt the most?" Uh, I said Stevie Wonder because I think Stevie Wonder has brought so much wonderful music and, and sunshine into people's lives. Yep. No pun intended. Um, and uh, I think if the world were to lose him, I think it would be. The world would be a little bit darker. Yeah. Because I love listening to his music. I, just his arrangements and just how everything goes through his head. And yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing for somebody who has that, uh, who's blind. Yeah. <laughs> to come up with great music like that, it's, uh, it's amazing. He's incredible. It's, it's really the most talent in one human being, you know, of, of the modern era of music. I mean, you got to go back to, you know, I would think classical um, Mozart type of guy to like have that kind of virtuo- virtuoso, you know, you know, just can do it right out of the gate, you know, as a young kid. It just, he seemed to speak music more than he spoke whatever language it was, you know. Um, so it's, it's really just, and, and it never gets old to me. Like, I mean, I've been listening to Stevie Wonder since I was a tiny kid, you know, and he was just killing. And I still will listen to any one of them anytime. Same thing with Prince, too. I mean, the guy just, if he didn't know an instrument, he learned it yep, on the exactly. fly just to play it on the, on the got, record. He's got multiple albums right out. Like, his first several were him playing every instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that was he didn't trust other musicians and, you know, didn't work well with others always, but that was still all him. It just, you know, it wasn't until he found the guys that he wanted to work with and the, um, that he didn't play every single and when he did i mean it became a revolution no pun intended again (laughs) all right so uh we usually have two segments but one of them we kind of went through it's pretty much what are you listening to but it talks about music and stuff like that um we'll do the next one it's called unpopular opinions i don't know if you have any unpopular opinions could be about anything um usually how it is it's just like like i was just saying an unpopular opinion of yours. Like me, I have a few. Like one example is like I don't like Pico de Gallo, so I think Pico de what? Gallo's trash. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. I gotta go. <laughs> well, guys, this is. No, I'm just joking. But that's just my unpopular opinion. I, I it's funny because it's like people are like, well, you, you, you know, you're Hispanic. You should like Pico de Gallo. And I'm like, I don't like onions. I'm not a big onions fan. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay, so I like tomatoes, but I just don't like onions. But so. you'll like do regular salsa. Somewhat, somewhat. somewhat. Okay. It depends because I'm very picky about salsa. Okay. I can go to any restaurant and they have chips and salsa. I'm very like hesitant because it's like I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. I don't yeah. know if it's from the can or I don't know if you're making it homemade. Oh, so yeah, you should be able. To, I mean, you can tell pretty quick. Sometimes, typically. sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. And yeah. it, when they find out it's from a can, it's like, oh, no, no, oh yeah. I'm not giving you guys a tip at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> so, do you have any unpopular opinions of yours? Um. Could just be like two, maybe. Yeah, in this town, um, I don't love all the driving. This is the, I know it's an oil and gas town, and I know it's the Petro Metro, but it is so terribly set up for doing anything but driving. I really hate the way, like, walk, and it's almost unsafe to walk and ride a bike in this town. And it really drives me nuts sometimes, because I really don't love all the pollution we do, all the driving we do, all the money we spend on that and how it's such a necessity in this town um i really wish we were set up a little bit better for it public transportation could be better in this town um 
you know, like I said, it, sometimes it's unsafe to walk because people just aren't used to having pedestrians out there walking. They're just not looking out for them. And I really bother me because I like getting out there and walking, especially as the weather's improving. I 100% agree with you. I, the driving is too much sometimes. It's, yeah. And then you have crazy drivers out there who don't know how to drive. I've, I'm a truck driver myself, so um, I'm out there all the time on the roads and, you know, going through from Sealy to Conroe to Baytown to Galveston. It's, I see it all, and it's just, I don't like it. Some people just don't know how to drive. And yeah. like you were saying, with the pedestrians, you know, Houston's trying to become more bike-friendly, and they're trying to use more bike lanes. These drivers here don't understand what yeah. bike lanes are. They can hit somebody, you know, walking down the street and stuff like that. So I totally agree with you. It should be more... It should be set up more easily and more safer for more people and stuff like that. So I agree with you with that. So that, that's that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, what would be another one? Hmm. Yeah, I don't want to get too political there, so that's no fun. Um, huh. Well, let's, let's come back. Maybe I'll keep thinking on that one. Okay. Uh, here, let me see. Uh, I don't really think... I don't really like you, too. I think Drake is trash. Ooh. Oh, that, that's a pretty unpopular one. <laughs> well, you know, some people might agree with you. I, I I grew up with Drake. I mean, in high school when he started coming up, so yeah. I have this real, I guess, connection with him because it's like whenever I listen to his music, I think of high school. I guess okay. some people like think of like that. Um but uh, some people might agree with you with that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of don't, but I mean, there's some music that he does. That's I, think, I think some of his earlier stuff is is a little bit more, you know, creative and stuff like that. But I, I think his new stuff all is just, I don't know, he almost just seems to be cashing in on other people's beats and, you know, the same sort of sound over and over because he knows it's going to sell and mm -hmm. crank out a record. And yeah, I mean, you're right about that. I can see he's just pretty much following the whole music industry uh, formula. Hey, let's do this. Let's get this producer. Let's do this and that. And let's make some money. I mean, yeah. with his newest album he just came out with, I know he's had he was having competition with Kanye. And, uh, you know, who's the better album and this and this and that. And uh, me personally, I like both, but I, I like Drake's more because I think it's just... it's. It's a little more different, I guess. And I'm not digging. To, I'm not saying bad about Kanye because I like Kanye's music as well. It's the same thing with with growing up in high school and stuff like that. So that's music memories for me. But I just I like Drake a lot more. And I think, like you said, he's just cashing in on everybody. So I, I can agree to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't blame him. If I if I had that cash cow, I'd be doing the same thing. You know? Exactly, but, I would too. I'm yeah, just like, well, let's just do the same thing. That's how you get big giant 747 jets or whatever that thing he's got is. You know, what I mean, but. Eh. Unpopular. I came up with something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. Uh, how about food-wise? You got anyone that's like a food foodie that you don't you find unpopular? Like, you well, don't I'll tell like... you what. I hate warm salsa. Ooh, Houston, you don't like warm salsa? No, in Houston they serve warm salsa a lot. It's a Tex-Mex thing. I get it. Well, actually, I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, like, warm why, salsa doesn't. Why are we warming up salsa? It's, it's like marinara be, sauce yeah. with cilantro in it. I don't get it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not thinking about that. Yeah, I can see that. It's usually, it should just be cold. Yeah. But it's hot, and it doesn't taste good either. Usually, when it's hot, you know it's going to be trash. Yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll walk, I've walked out of Mexican restaurants, be like, nope, that sauce is warm. I don't know why you're bringing that out here. I gotta go. Now, do you, I know you don't want to throw any any jabs at any of these restaurants that have warm salsa, but <laughs> we'll just keep it on a down low. Some yeah. of you guys, if you're listening to this. 
Put that thing in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like nice, fresh, you know, veggies and tomato being a fruit. Um, you know, it should be nice, fresh ingredients put in, put in the fridge and then brought out so you can dip chip into it. Dipping a chip into marinara sauce is not appealing. It's and not. So it's not into it. No. That's like, if you're going to bring out warm sauce, you might as well bring out some mozzarella sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Well... Uh, we're getting closer to the end of the episode. Uh, first, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, man, I, I, I really fun. thank you and thank you, Urban South, for for agreeing to come on my little podcast. You know, um, I've had I messaged people out there and nobody really said anything, but I'm glad that you guys said yes to this and getting to sit down with you, get to talk to you, get to know you more better and know more about the brewery and stuff like that. Um, so, I, like I said, thank you. Um, any shout outs? Any uh, anything you want to let the, the listeners know? Well, first shout out to this whole team here, um, man. We we've got a great team here at Whole Foods. Um, we really, you know, work on that culture here, and so hopefully, when you come out here and come out to check out the beers, you, you enjoy our family that we have here, because um, you know we we really try to make that you know put an emphasis on that, so they. You know, enjoy their time here, and they portray that to the guest. Um, so, love all this crew. Um, next, just man, come out and check this space out. Um, you know, we we've got four loggers on right now. We always try to keep these amazing loggers um, cranking out. We've got six, eight different IPAs on, a couple stouts, um, and then all kinds of the the crazy um, sours out there with all the different fun stuff in it. Um, and we're getting into great weather right now for the patio. Um, we've always got the games on, and we've got a cool little art exhibit on the walls right now. So come and come and check it out. You know, we've always got something new going. If you've been out here before, there's there's something you haven't seen yet. If you haven't been out here in a little bit, um, and if you haven't been out, man, come check out the space. All right, and before we do, shout out uh, shout out to Danielle for putting this together. Like yeah. I said, she, she's a rock star. She's a rock star. Thank you, Danielle. Um, all right, guys. Well, this has been Inside the Northside Podcast. As again, thank you, Dave, for, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Urban South. Thank you for, for everything. The great hospitality, the great beer, great conversation. And uh, yeah, guys, as I always close, God bless and peace. And I'll see you guys later.